welcome back to the What the Folk Sunderland preview show. The hectic Christmas period is over and FA Cup action is back. Sunderland enter at the third round stage for the first time in about five years, I think, and travel to Shrewsbury Town this Saturday looking to begin what will hopefully be some kind of cup run at the moment. I must be honest. I'm not that enthused. But to join us to basically chat about all of the ex-Sunland players they now have is a man who thought he'd gotten rid of me temporarily, but he's back after probably less than about six months. Ollie from the Solidcast. Ollie, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me back on. It's always good to always good to chat to you. I always feel like um when the draw came out, we'll get into it. I don't think either of us were massively enthused, as I said before, but I did kind of think from a podcast perspective, brilliant, get a catch up with Ollie for half an hour. <laughs> so there was a positive from this. Yeah, yeah. I messaged um, you straight away, didn't I? As soon as the result came out, it was always good to catch up with with yourself. It's always a always a good podcast. Thank you very much. Um, same for yourself. Um, start straight from the top, obviously. I know the podcast, as we're promoting it, should be bigging the game up, but we'd like to be honest. It's really difficult for me to muster any real interest because of how well we're doing in the league. We played you recently. I imagine because we played you recently, it feels the same at your end too. How excited are you actually for the return of the FA Cup? Well, I'm not going. Let's put it that way. I'm not borrowing mm-hmm. the ticket. I reckon the attendance from a Shrewsbury Town point of view is going to be really low. Um, really, really low. Um, it was quite funny. I had quite a few. Um, I didn't tag Sunderland. I didn't. I don't think I even mentioned Sunderland. I just said that was a crap draw. And I had lots of offended Sunderland fans in my um, timeline on Twitter, which I thought was quite funny. Um, yeah, from a Shrewsbury Town point of view, we've you've been in our division for three years. And we've played, you think, in the cup as well, I think, during that period as well. Um, and playing Sunderland isn't special. It's not special at all. You're just a team that we've played for the last three years. Um, it'd be the same as playing another, to be honest, playing another League One team, given how many times we've played you. Um, and that's where it is. So, yeah, from a Shrewsbury point of view, um, we know we'd rather play, I don't know, go to Spurs. We never, we never actually played Spurs ever. So that would have been a good game or, you know, get some money um, against, uh, you know, a big Premier League side, you know, 60,000, you know, Man United or Liverpool or something like that. It would have been exciting or being on TV, um, playing a team that was recently in League One, um, where whoever it is, isn't really that entertaining for us. No, and, and vice versa, I think. Oh, of course, I didn't expect anything else. For you, it's a really shit draw. In some ways, maybe you might think it's probably the best, probably for you, it's a little bit better because it's like Shrewsbury mm. actually doing really shit right now. So maybe you can get into the next round and get a more interesting tie. It's a strange one, isn't it, really? Because like the FA Cup is the best cup competition in the world, as lots of people would say, and I, I tend to agree with that. And when you get the latest stages, it's one of the best feelings ever, but it's really hard. And obviously, we've been used to coming in at round one and round two. Obviously, you, you'll know the the kind of pain of that in some ways. It yep. does feel like a distraction from league form, doesn't it, for both of us? It can do. For us, it gives us a bit of joy. Um, we've had to, we've got to the fifth round for quite a few years in a row now. Um, we used to have some periods where we used to lose to non-league sides. One of the things under Cottrell is we don't do that. So we yeah beat York. Um, we had a really good victory actually against Peterborough, which was a real surprise. I thought we'd lose that game. That was a really good win. Um, so yeah, the FA Cup has always been kind to us, always given us lots of money. Um, so yeah, really love the FA Cup, um, love the draw and we've had some great games against Liverpool and against West Ham at home on TV and there's been good ties in recent years. Um, but yeah, it's I, I know what you mean. When you, when you Since I always think if we're in a relegation fight, which we often are, I think Cups can be a bit of a distraction. You know, we famously got relegated non-league and beat, and beat Everton in the FA Cup. Mm. Um, 
which is a great result, but I'd rather have stayed in the football league than go down and, and beat Everton. So yeah, it's a it's a great competition. Um, it should be it should be fun, but yeah, um, in, in normally it's fun, I should say. Um, but yeah, this, this game is going to be. Yeah, I, I don't think we get knocked to the FA Cup. It's probably not a bad thing for us. We've got a very very small squad, which we'll come on to. Yeah, I think amount of injuries we've had recently as well. It might be. I mean, there was even talk of there was a fifteen-year-old on the bench for us on uh, whatever day New Year's Day was. I think it was a Saturday. Um, there's just half a chance he might play. I think as well. So it's it does feel like one of those games. I'm not selling the game very well here, but trust me, we're here. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna come on to interesting things because, of course, there's a plethora which I've never used that word before in the podcast of former Sunderland players that are within Shrewsbury Town. But before we go into that. Obviously, Steve Cottles now went to his, I think his third year, he's, I think it's his third full season or second full season at the club. Um, we've discussed at length how he's remembered at Sunderland, obviously, when he was his assistant manager like two decades ago, but he seemed to be one of the more longer-serving managers in the division. Um, he started really well, had illness, then had a lull in performance when he came back. And now it seems that he kind of, I think you've lost the last three, but you won the last three before that. How are fans feeling about Steve Cottrell currently? Because now you've had him for a good period of time. Yeah, it's really interesting. On um, We've had a, a, an abysmal Christmas period, utterly abysmal. Um, so yeah, as you say, we we had a fantastic, um, and you're, I think Sunderland fans will enjoy this, Bolton fans got very, very cocky on the 10th of December. Um, we scored five in the first like 30 seconds, then they equalised, then they scored, then they went 2-1. They started chanting, we should have gone Christmas shopping. <laughs> 10 seconds later we equalized and then in in the 90th minute we scored um and their fans were dead silent for 10 minutes and you always you can always tell a cocky fan base when they chant we only came to see them as such you know Bolton fans chanting we only came to see Bolton um so yeah that was very good fun and yeah beat Bolton beat Lincoln um obviously beat Peterborough in the FA Cup as well and then went into Christmas lost to some abysmal football teams so Cambridge United lost 2-1 absolutely battered them, um, lost to Cheltenham 1-0 at home. Cheltenham are abysmal of a football team. They do not try to score. They didn't do anything. They got a goal. They had one attack in the whole game. They scored and we were utterly abysmal. And then we lost 3-0 to Fleetwood after we had a man sent off after 22 minutes. And um, Pennington got sent off. So, yes, yeah, it's really interesting you say that. How is Steve Cottrell um, viewed with the fans? We were ninth, you know, about a month or so ago, and we were doing really well. If you, if your, if your fans have can can bear it and look at the League One League table, um, you've got, well, before Christmas it was really, really tight. Basically, like playoffs down to the kind of the fringe of the relegation zone was separated by only a few points. It's kind of extended a little bit because you've got a lot of teams kind of maybe 14th down to 20th have lost quite a few games recently and Shrewsbury one of those. So we've fell from ninth down to 16th in the league table because we lost those three games over Christmas. Cottrell, he was very, very aggressive in his post-matches. He's, we've got a new head of media and he seems to have helped him out there. Um, but when we lose a few games, he still gets very narky. We've got a very small squad and we've also got players that are, get have got a history of injury within that small squad. One of them's O'Brien. So, you know, if you look at our bench, we had three players on the bench, O'Brien being one of them and two kids who are never going to come off the bench. So we've got three players on the bench who are never going to come off. At the moment, we're playing a left winger, let's attacking midfielder at left wing back and a central defender at right wing back. And we've got strikers that are pretty shit, to be honest. 
We've got a young kid from Rob called Rob Street from Crystal Palace, who's 18, who say he's 18, so I don't really be too harsh on the kid. And he's played a lot of games. And then Sadie's a very hit and miss. And like we're missing Danado so badly. Yeah, our strikers are abysmal. Um, and yeah, when you've got we've got amazing central defence, an amazing midfield, um, decent goalkeeper. But when you've got poor strikers and poor wing backs, that makes for quite attritional football. So fans are getting quite frustrated now because we've the small squad is a consequence of Steve Cottrell's strategy. We've got lots of injuries and we're playing too many players out of position. We don't score goals and it's hard to watch. And as you know, if you're if you're hard to watch but you're winning, mm. that that's that's okay. When you're hard to watch and losing, um, and you've got a manager who's really quite spiky and aggressive and not so great to listen to, it all kind of starts turning. So it's got a little bit toxic after the game, um, the last game, whatever day it was, I can't remember what day it was, but the last game was it Sunday. Um, it got a bit toxic online after that match. Yeah, you talked about, um, you had a media there. Yep, Joe, Joe Massey, actually, someone I think yeah. has been on the show. Great, great guy. Yeah, great, um, good guy. Really lovely bloke and obviously incredibly media savvy whilst also being very, very authentic. But touched on the, the League One table there. It's funny, I hadn't looked at it until this morning-ish, but for the first few weeks of the championship season, I kept looking to see who was like second and third. And I was like, why am I looking at this? Um, so there is some sort of interest, but the better something I've got, thankfully, I've managed to drift myself away from it slightly. But um, one reason, obviously, me and you have stayed in touch, Ollie, is because of these amount of former players that have gone in, I think, Anyone who checks my um, Twitter feed on, on what the fuck on the, the podcast page will notice that I have a complete love affair with Carl Winchester because I just think he's great. Um, ton of former Southern players that are there, but obviously we'll go through them one by one and him first. He's one of my favourite players of the past recent years and I think Sunderland as a fan base really appreciate that he just worked his bollocks off, for want of a better phrase. Uh, when he was at Sunderland, did well, was one of the players that really helped us get up Real shame he was injured in the playoff run-in because I think he would have added to that as well. But he wasn't going to get in the team, unfortunately, this season for him. He decided to make the move with his contract up at the end. He's played predominantly in midfield where he actually played more right-back for us uh, towards the last like last season or, or centre-half sometimes in a back three. He looks really settled on along with you. He's getting games. How are you finding him? Oh, he's absolutely superb. Um, he's one of those midfielders that to a lot of fans they probably don't really appreciate what he does he's one of those midfielders that will get the ball do a little Cruyff turn or a little turn and just pass the ball and it sounds really simple but that kind of little bit of movement just can take 15-20 seconds out of an attack or sorry you know gained from an attack um, he's really tidy He's he makes all those runs he'll make the run not the run that the, the other midfielder tackles so I don't know say for example you're defending another midfielder runs back wins the ball but Winchester will be the guy that stopped him making a pass in the first place, which enabled your player to make the first player to make a tackle, if you know what I mean. He's one of those, he's absolutely brilliant. It's really interesting you're saying about playing right wing back. So we've been playing a central defender and right wing back. I wondered whether he'd move him there, but he, I think Leahy and Winchester and Bayless, it sounds really silly. You know, we're 16th in the league, 15th in the league table now. We've got a really good midfield there. Leahy, Winchester and Bayliss are really good midfielders. Um, and Winchester's been fantastic. So yeah, he's a really he's you know, he's a seven out of seven every single week. Um he actually wears number seven as well. He's playing in midfield, looks really comfortable. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if we if he actually stays, maybe does the same as Flanagan and signs a new signs a contract with us. That'd be great for us as well, because then that that frees up a loan spell. But yeah, hit the ground running. 
Um, first game, I think I said to this first game, Forest Green Rovers, um, he was running. There was a Forest Green player who was so slow, he, he flew past him and just started smiling. And that was right in front of the whole kind of bank of Town fans. So yeah, he settled in really well. And one of those players that does all the hard work and he's one of those players that you you miss when he's not there, you really miss him. Um, but yeah, he's. I think he goes a little bit under the radar sometimes with most Shooter Town fans. But yeah, I, I think he's been a fantastic signing. And yeah. he fits in really well because of the hard work and ethos of the team. Uh, so our team, you know, we've got no, you know, we've got no drama queens in our team. We've got a lot of hardworking pros and he fits in perfectly with those guys. Yeah, I, I love Carl Winchester. I'll always love Carl Winchester. I've got a huge love affair with him. Um, and it's down to a lot of the things you just said there, just a really hardworking player. And it's funny, I think, I was discussing this at the away game when I said, oh yeah, Winchester back next week. And um, the lad next to me who, I haven't got a clue what his name is. You just get speaking to people next to the game. I said, you know, I, I think with the injuries we've had, he wouldn't have played often, but he could have maybe added to the squad. And and I think he could have probably coped in the championship. Obviously, obviously he wouldn't play every week. But from watching him, from what you've seen, do you see a player that you think is maybe a little above the level of League One or could have at least coped in the championship? I think he could have coped. I think playing in central midfield um, is a pivot as a defence midfielder or that kind of covering role. Um, I don't think, not necessarily, he's probably got the passing capabilities that are going to unlock a championship defence. But as a, as a squad player, you know, he's not going to cause any trouble, is he? He's going to set a good standard in training. Uh, he's going to be a good lad in the dressing room. Yeah, I've seen the reason why. I, I, I fear, that's the fear. My fear is, is that we probably might not be able to sign him because a, a better League One side will be able to offer him a couple of extra grand a week and we'll want to sign him because, yeah, he's, he's done really well. Um, he's, he's one of those players that, yeah, is, is, is key for any successful side. Someone who's going to kind of do the battles, do the simple passes um, and get stuff going, get players into good areas. So, yeah, I, I'd i love us to sign him because he'd think he'd be a, a real corner piece for next season. Yeah, I mean, he's... All indications are that he's not coming back. Obviously, when he went on no. to use, we did a goodbye to Carl Winchester without officially saying it, but he's still technically on our books. But um, yeah, I think you'll see his career elsewhere. But if you are listening, Cole, I do love you. I always will. <laughs> um, another player who I've got you know a lot of respect for, and he wasn't always the best for us, but he was one of our most long-serving League One players, is obviously Tom Flanagan. He's been there a lot longer now. I think he's approaching his first 12 months, 11 months exactly, almost on the day we're speaking, I think. How's Flannel been? How's he fitted in? Yeah, he's done really well. He's been a really, really consistent performer. He's been playing left as a back three. Mm-hmm. We've got three really good central defenders in Pennington, Dunkley and Flanagan that all have different things. Um, Flanagan's really good. He he wins a few cheeky um, free kicks driving forward uh, and gets the position a few yellow cards. Um, really kind of, obviously, as you know, tough tackling, wins lots of balls. Um yeah, he's not the most mobile, um, and obviously sometimes teams will target that gap between ship uh, between the the fullback, the wingback, and the central defender. And he's got a uh, Shipley who's doing a decent job um, at left wing back, but Shipley isn't a fullback by trade, which means sometimes he is a little bit exposed. But um, yeah, he's been a really, really, um, really good um, signing for us. Probably could have got us a few more goals maybe from set pieces, given given his size. Um, but yeah, when he's obviously you know being marked, it means that Pennington or Dunkley are free, uh, and we get quite a few goals from set pieces. So yeah, he's done really well, really good signing, um, a solid player, and plays pretty much every game. He has does seem to be carrying a little bit of injury at the moment, either it's a hip or a hip injury, rib or hip injury. So maybe there's a risk that he might not be ready. But um, yeah, hopefully he'll be back for Saturday. He came off during the game um, against Fleetwood. Interesting, you said about Flannel playing in the back three. I always felt. 
when he had that little bit more protection of you know a centre off next to him as opposed to, I, I didn't particularly like him in a in a four, no offense at all. No, no, I think that's fair. But definitely in a back three on the left hand side, because he like you see he can drive the ball forward well. And I think at League One level he's very competent. And um yeah. I completely forgot that he scored an absolute beauty against us uh, last time we played actually, which just <laughs> did, yeah. happened a lot last season. But um last but not least, obviously Aidan O'Brien. He did really well at Pompey. I'll be honest, it didn't really work out from at Sunderland. Um, occasional sporadic good performances, but couldn't seem to get in the team under Parkinson and, and didn't seem to have a good relationship with Lee Johnson. He ended up going to Pompey. Did brilliant for Pompey. I expect him to stay there. He ended up at Shrewsbury. Um, he was on the bench last week. We were touching it a little bit. He's been injured last time I think we spoke. But first and foremost, how did he end up at Shrewsbury? Because you did really well for Pompey. Second of all, when can you expect him back and what have you made of him, I suppose, when you've seen him? I have no idea what kind of a player he is because I haven't seen him play. Sadly, he's been injured all the time. Um, yeah, it was a coup when we signed him and there was a lot of... Um, there's a couple of fan bases, as you know, that's uh, very... Um, how do you put it? Wingy um, and Pompey are <laughs> up there in terms of Wingy fans. Um, and yeah, they were very upset that we managed to get him. I think their board got quite a lot of abuse, the fact that we signed him. But yeah, I'm surprised we got him. It was a bit of a coup signing for us. We were quite excited, you know, with a doe and him up front. That's quite an exciting strike partnership in League One. But to be honest, he's just always been injured. And um, we've got a couple of players, him and De Costa, who are two loan signing. Uh, sorry, Aidan O'Brien's a full uh, permanent signing. But yeah, we got. It's got a, we've got a small squad and he's one of those players that's is maybe being used against Cottrell now is that we've got a small squad, but if you've got a small squad, you can't really sign afford to sign players that have got a bit of a history of, of injuries. And unfortunately, Adrian Bryan is one of those players. We haven't seen him at all. Um, so he's been a, a big disappointment, not because of his performances, just because we've never, ever seen him play. You touched on, obviously, the fact that you're not really scoring goals. And you said, as you said, the, the strikers you've got at the moment are terrible. Um, is there still people in the fan base that feel if Aidan O'Brien can get fit there's an opportunity you could push up the table um, thanks to his goals because he was no he didn't score many at Sunderland but he, he did at Portsmouth he obviously has got capability at that level yeah it, well I think before Christmas there was a hope that we get a few of these players back maybe one or two players in January transfer window and then yeah we can maybe push on even to the playoffs that playoffs word was mentioned a bit of our fan base because we're so, we were so close but now nah, that's kind of gone now I think uh, I think it would be a miracle if we got we'd have to have a, a superb run to get back into that kind of position again. Um, hopefully, he can come back, uh, maybe you know, end the season well, or, or maybe and be good for next season. But yeah, it's been a it's been a bit of a, a tough tough watch for the last few months, um, last few week three games, and then before those games as well, we were a bit crap to be honest. Before we had that little run, so yeah, we're we're eleven points from the playoffs now, so I think that's out of touch. Um, but yeah, it'd be good to see him play him back. I think he's played about 40 minutes or something so far this season, which isn't very many. Yeah, it looks like a much less tight league. Much less is not a, a phrase I should use. That's terrible English, but nonetheless, um, it looks a lot less tight than it did last year. It looks like there is actually a bit more of a gap, whereas last year it, felt it, really It's tight. grown over Christmas. Yeah, it's gone over Christmas. So the top three teams have kind of had a bit of a gap for a long time, though Derby are trying to catch them up now. They're on a good run. Um, yeah, top three teams have always been kind of a bit ahead of everyone else. But then there was a real, I guess, a few teams in the playoffs consistently. And then a, just a glut of teams all the way down towards the relegation zone were quite close. But yeah, there's been a, a couple of teams picked up some results. Morecambe have picked up a few results. Bolton and Burton have picked up a couple of results as well. And as you know, six points at the bottom gets you quite a long way up. 
but yeah, there's a, a, a plethora of teams in the middle, which Shrewsbury among who, yeah, just inconsistent, win, lose, draw every other week. It's um yeah, it's it's been hard watch last few weeks. But yeah, January with Trinter with Quinders coming, we've signed one player from from Palace. Um, so maybe we can maybe we, maybe he can play and maybe Winchester can go right wing back and that will give us more balance. But yeah, it's um I'm not overly optimistic at the moment. It's been um, a glum, a bit of a glum Christmas period. Talking about the results, obviously the, the results aren't great either, but the most interesting thing from a completely neutral perspective, you've had a place in off in every game. I did see the <laughs> the Pennington red card. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure that was, if I'm honest, but yeah, so it was a, it's a really interesting one, that one. So, um, as you know, as everyone knows, the handball rule has changed, hasn't it, over the last few years, over the last 10 years or so. There's been lots of different changes and tweaks all the time. So the, the rule, and I, I looked it up, and there's also a Shrewsbury Town fan called Simo, who's a, a really good referee and often has quite vocal on Twitter. It's quite helpful. So the, if your arm is un, in an unnatural position, so out, making your body bigger, and the ball hits it, it's a handball. So basically his arm was up. There's a shot, hit his arm, penalty, and then he stopped a goal scoring opportunity. So it's a red card. So there's a, even the BBC Shropshire co commentator was saying it was a shocking decision. According to the rules, it wasn't. It's blatant penalty and blatant handball. And then against and Cheltenham, um, we had um, for the second time this season, mistaken identity. So basically, a player comes in from Cheltenham, nearly breaks Shipley's leg. The photo's horrendous. Not even a frow bit of handbags and then Leahy gets sent off but it was mistaken identity and Flanagan had mistaken identity so we've had two red cards this season for mistaken identity and had them overturned um, and then yeah against um, against um, Cambridge um, the sending off as well so yeah it's been a, um, a not a good uh, we've been a little bit unlucky in some ways you know having a shot that close to Pennington I mean it's a bit unlucky but and then obviously Leahy being sent off is um, was was very unlucky and poor refereeing the referee was atrocious in that game now, I don't like talking about refs at all but um, yeah how their goalkeeper didn't get booked for time wasting um, it's a, a big issue I think in football at the moment um, time wasting yeah it's huge and I think um Going back to the World Cup, and there was like 10 to 14 minutes injury time seemingly every game. I quite like that. Thought it made the game more interesting. I'd be quite happy for that to come back. But um, touching on referees there in League One, we honestly thought in the Championship there would see an improvement because I think we know how bad the fan uh, the refs are in League One. They're not much better in the Championship. So if you do get no. that unlikely promotion run and, and you go on a good run, I'm sorry if you do come up, they're no better. Yeah. Um, in reference to Shrewsbury as a club, I think we discussed this before previously on the other shows. I think when we first came down, it was either the season before, a couple of seasons before under Hurst, obviously you'd gone on that run where you got a Wembley twice, you would just narrowly missed out in the playoff final. And it seemed Shrewsbury's ambitions had completely improved in many ways in terms of they could get into the championship, they're building a good young squad and, and so on and so forth. And gradually that sort of fritted away and you've never really massively looked like in relegation trouble apart from once I think under Ricketts in the main you've stayed in the middle as a fan base what do you see as Shrewsbury's immediate future and what do you want to see in the next couple of years so from an ownership point of view we're very stable we've got money in the bank um, we don't. We've got a good owner. He's quiet. Doesn't have communication with the fans, but there's a lot of communication with from the CEO and the supporters' parliament. Expect so. There's there used to be clamour for, you know, you see it. It's really tiring. There's a lot of knobhead fans in this division, particularly Ipswich fans. Going, we need. To, how many players have they signed? About four hundred players in the last three years. And still moaning about signing new players <laughs> again because they're only second. 
And you don't get that from Shooting Stone fans at all. You don't get them, you know, moaning about not spending money and stuff. You obviously get a few idiots, but in the main, most Shooting Stone fans are really appreciative. We've got, you know, a decent stadium. We've got got no debt. We're not under risk. You know, we've seen so many teams, you know, so many crap teams in this division who are failures. Derby's a failure. Sheffield Wednesday, a huge failure. Ipswich is a huge failure. Pompey, a massive failure as well. You know, Bolton, again, Wigan would be probably in a division again, even though they love to, you know, basically go into debt every single week. And we've seen all those teams all the time. So we'd, we're would we quite happy with that we've got a well-run club. You know, I'll put us the same as like Lincoln and teams like that who are, you know, well-run, sensible. In terms of answering your, like your core of the question, what do we expect? I think we'd expect minimum kind of mid-table in terms of expectations with the hope that we can do a Wickham or a Burton and get a good team together. That team, if you're thinking about Paul Hurst team now, you've got Ben Godfrey, who's a uh, £60 million Premier League defender playing central midfield for us. We had um, Carlton Morris on loan for Norwich, who's a championship mm. striker, Dean Henderson in goal. And then we had the perfect mix of a couple of players come to the end of their career and a couple of youngsters as well coming through. And it was a a, a super fantastic side with players kind of overperforming. Um, Budget-wise, we was the same as always. You know, in terms of budget, points per budget, we like absolutely smashed it that year. So I think our expectations are... Yeah, let's try and bring a few players through. Let's sign some players like the Tom Baylesses and the Flanagans and stuff, you know, players that on that verge of championship kind of level, you know, Winchester's people like that. You know, it's Bayless. We had Grant Holt years ago when Paul Simpson's our manager, signed him from Nottingham Forest when he was a bit of a, an outcast there. I'm signing him for 250K, sold him for half a million to um, to Norwich. Um, and, you know, and that's what we think we're looking to do. Try and sign a couple of lone star people who are, you know, on that championship level, couple of decent players of your own, couple of youth players, and then maybe one year you can have a bit of a go for it. Um, but there's no real expectations um, in as such to, to get in the playoffs, but it's just hope more than anything else, I think. I think you're right in terms of you touched on Burton there as well, and obviously we're going back a little bit, but I think there's certain teams that have just had a really good season and got it right yeah. one season. And I mean, it was different for us, obviously, because we wanted out as soon as we got into it, but we understand that and there's reasons for that. But I think when it comes to, you know, a lot of clubs that predominantly historically have been in League One, that is kind of the aim, isn't it? Making sure you're not absolutely blowing a budget to get up, but giving yourself half a shot at at least the playoffs or having a good season to get out of it. And then you can change the budget and then you can build and then you can do stuff. And there's, there's plenty yeah, of teams that have done that. Look at Rotherham. Rotherham yeah. are a great example for us to go for. You know, I'm not sure where they are in the championship, but I remember looking a month or so ago and they were doing all right. I was, I was a big fan of Paul Warner from that podcast he was doing. Absolutely mm-hmm. amazing podcast. And where are Rotherham? Oh, the bloody hell. This side's a track back down to the bottom of the league table again. And they lost, yeah, terrible Christmas period for them. But yeah, that's what we kind of, you know, expect and hope, you know, there's a lot of teams that are not that much bigger than us who can kind of survive. Look at Luton, you know, Luton obviously got probably 3,000 more fans than us, not a huge amount, um, and they're doing really well in the championship. And yeah, just a little rant from me. It's tiresome for me hearing, you know, Sheffield Wednesday fans saying, oh, we shouldn't be in this division and like we're better than this division. No team. If you look at the league table from the 60s or the 80s or the 90s or whatever, you find anomalies in every single season. And that's the beauty of the English division. So yeah, if you don't like it, I don't know, sometimes you just think, what do you want? Just a list of attendances and stop playing? It just really bores me. So yeah, a little rant for me there, apologies. In terms of Sunland itself, obviously it feels, it does feel like a lifetime ago that we were battling to get out of League One and we were battling for a long, long time. Probably because of the performances that we've put in and where we've found ourselves and it's, it's weird. We've 
yes, we've made signings, don't get me wrong, Diallo and, and whatnot, and we made good signings the, the last January that have, have made the step up. But on the whole, almost every player that we had in the League One season last year, plus the additions we've made, have really stepped up and turned into... Uh, do I want to say top level championship? Yeah, yeah, okay, I will. Because um, Diallo definitely is that and the likes of Patrick Roberts. But um, in terms of promotion, obviously no, no one's hoping for that. Uh, no one's expecting that. We're more hoping for it and there's always a chance the same way any team in the championship can make a, a random run and get into the playoffs. We, we know it's like, and you yeah. can also fall down with a few results. But we've got an outside shot at a double promotion if this kind of form continues. From the outside looking in, You'd seen a struggle for years in League One and for so long. Are you surprised that Sunderland have done so well in the Championship? Or do you think that was a case of that was always going to happen as soon as we got out? I'm not surprised. For me, I look at, I'll kind of encapsulate loads of teams. So Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, teams that struggle and do bad. So let's remember, let's just take Ipswich. Ipswich, a bit like Sunderland, came down, a mess off the pitch and a mess on the pitch. Mm -hmm. And then... A lot of fans think, you know, we'll sign loads of players and we'll get a new manager and you'll fix it. And how many times has that not been the case? I've got it. I see it switch fans saying that Paul Cook is a Paul Cook is a crap manager. He he, he won the league title with Wigan. Well, did he win? He did come second to Blackburn. That's his, I can't remember which way to way around it was. But you're not. He's not a crap manager. But he went into a club with a huge, huge mess on and off the pitch. And then you've got you know a lot of Sunderland fans vocal, difficult home place to go. And you've got the same with Pompey now. Pompey, what, 12th in League One? Mm -hmm. You need everything to be there. And then you get it. And then you look at the they look at the difference between League One and League Two. Top of top players, a lot of players in League One in a decent side, I think can perform in the championship. We've we've lots of players that have you know Ollie Norburn, everyone was huge fan saying, oh he's not that good. He's played he played in the championship and didn't look out of place. So now it doesn't surprise me at all. I think I think the mentality of the players and the confidence the man having a decent manager and then having a really good kind of, I don't know, fan base plus the board supporting you, backing you, means that then you have that kind of healthy team. I think sometimes it's too easy just to look at your squad in isolation of everything else and kind of expect them to perform. You see all these teams now in, in, in League One saying, oh, we need to sign some more players. Well, maybe the answer is not to sign any players, to keep the team that you've got and you know, you know, when you play FIFA, there's got that chemistry thing on, you know, on an ultimate team. And there's something in that, isn't there? Having that chemistry, having that teamwork and work ethic. Um, and you know, you see teams that score in the last few minutes of the game. You don't normally score minute goals in the last few minutes of the game because someone is amazing. It's because the team's got that kind of grit or that energy, that that commitment to each other and that knowledge that, you know, if I'm a central midfielder, I'm gonna get the ball, my walk, my fullback's gonna bomb on. You don't get that chemistry over six months. Look at Liverpool, how long did it take Jurgen Klopp to, to get a team at the top of the Premier League? So I think sometimes just time is the is the answer to some of these teams. And yeah, you know, Sunderland got new owners and got rid of the Jokers, had a bit of stability off the pitch, got a good manager. And then, yeah, you've got a good bunch of players. And yeah, nice to see you guys doing well in the Championship. You're eighth now. And yeah, obviously got a good manager in again and continue that momentum. Is that about right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of, I think it's quite easy to think we'll sign loads of players and it will just work. I think you need. I think you need a lot to um, to get a, a good bunch of players together and that kind of momentum. 
So yeah, it doesn't surprise me you've done it. And then yeah, you got some good players and yeah, sprinkle a couple of extra players in as well. And then it's about momentum, isn't it? You know, you say you finished ninth this season, that's a decent season. Mm-hmm. And then you go again, you get a couple of extra better players, your finances are better. Um, yeah, and hopefully you have a few more fans in and maybe you can sign a few more players or get a loan signing from the Premier League. Because let's be honest. I don't know a bowl. A, I don't know a good club like I don't know Brighton who have got loads of kids. Not necessarily probably going to more likely to give you a good loan star or a Liverpool or a Man United if you're going to be pushing for the title in Championship. So that's probably another thing as well. So yeah, yeah, interesting no. to see how these teams move up and down, isn't it? Throughout time, I agree with you on the the, the Sunderland thing. I think there's players like Jack Clark, Roberts who you know, had bad games in League One and you think, oh, we, we need to maybe get better. I'm, I'm picking on those two players. They're probably not the yeah. best example, but like just as a Jack Clark didn't look completely amazing. He didn't get in the, the starting 11 against um, against Wickham at Wembley, came on as a sub and, and yada yada. And yet he's got a most success, most goals this season. He's like, it's like he stepped up immediately because obviously Alex Neal's gone, but Alex Neal sorted a lot of stuff out within the club in terms of the way that we played. And then Tony Mowbray can step in and just kind of continue that good work and make it even better. Um, it's all come from, like you say, momentum. In terms of predictions, I'm struggling to find myself, like I say at the start, all that bothered, but I wouldn't like momentum to be switched because we're doing well and we haven't lost many recently. Um, I got my prediction right, only my second one of the season the other day. <laughs> so fingers crossed I can get two in a row for the first time ever on this podcast. I think we should win comfortably but I don't know what side we're putting out. So I guess it's difficult to kind of definitely say that. I'll say 2-0 Sunderland, but I'm not overly confident or sure what team it's going to be. So assuming Ross Stewart plays, Ross Stewart scores two goals, then we bring him off and then he can rest and then that's it. But I don't know. What's your prediction? Yeah, I was, it's funny. I, I was going to go for 2-0 two, two to Sunderland as well. I think we've got a lot of injuries. Um, a lot of players who are in, who are tired as well. So Christmas has been quite hard work for the same players. Also playing with ten men for quite a bit of time as well. So I think yeah, we've got a week off as such now Sunday to to, to Saturday um, to kind of recover a little bit. But I think yeah, the quality of your team will be too much for us. I think you'll grind up. We'll probably have a man sent off as again um, for some <laughs> reason as well and give you another advantage. So yeah, I don't think there'll be. I think you'd be hard pressed to try and find a Shrewsbury Town fan that thinks we're going to get something in this game. As you know, football's a funny old thing. You know, you get a man sent off in the last in the first five minutes for something silly, um, and then yeah, we we kind of get a goal. But I can't see it to be honest. And probably in the context of our season, probably um, losing and getting out in the FA Cup and having less games is probably a good thing for us as well. So it's a shame we don't get a bit of money this year in the FA Cup. Um, expect a very very low attendance probably some ironic cheers from Sunderland fans um, when the attendance is read out um, but that's because yeah we're doing really shit at the moment and and um, yeah no one was that bothered about playing Sunderland yeah I don't know how many people are going down I did shows for a few years ago with great away there I really like that yeah. actually but, um... that's the thing as well so for your fans it's a long way across to Shrewsbury um, you've been there loads of times uh, maybe you've obviously got a lot of fans so maybe there's enough fans that want to tick off the 92 um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't sell it out. You probably will, it's only 1,400. But um, yeah, see, it'd be interesting to see how many you take. Ollie, as always, unexpected catch-up, but a good one nonetheless. Um, I forgot to do this for years, and I really should. I think there will be some of fans interesting, obviously, what you do because the likes of Carl Winchester, who I think we collectively all love, is with you, and obviously Flannel and stuff like that are well-respected. 
if we are to um, want to find out, obviously, your reaction after the game or find out about Winchester or anything like that, where can we find you, Ollie? Yeah, so when we're on Twitter, um, we're Saladcast, and then on every platform you can imagine, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Music, whatever it's called. So, yeah, Salad, search Saladcast in, in Google or, or any of those kind of um, music um, kind of apps and you'll find our podcast. I actually think this is your sixth appearance on the show, by the way. Yeah, we've been doing it for, yeah. So that's the thing is I've been on this podcast loads of times. Um, and then, yeah, I've chatted to you um, look, many a times. And yeah, um, seven years or so we've been going now. So yeah, we've been going for quite a long time. I can do something right then. Um, Ollie, always good to catch up, mate. Enjoy Saturday. I would normally say don't enjoy Saturday, but I think we're both a little bit nonplussed, which is not selling the podcast, but we like to be honest, like I say. <laughs> yeah. um, and always good to catch up, mate. Look after yourself. Yep. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much.